thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, on to the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Ashley and I both get the wholesome box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. So it's you know completely consistent with you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, as well as a vegan box too. Now we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try dinner twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, wonderful listeners. Thanks so much. Welcome to 2024. I'm so excited you've tuned into Wellness Room Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And I forgot my name for a second there. Um, <laughs> I, 2024. Woo. <laughs> I know. I like, I, I don't know. I'm feeling like so incredibly optimistic about this year. I just feel like it's going to be just better than 2023. It just has a better ring to it, I think. Uh, it is the numerics. It's the fact that it's all even numbers. Yeah. I'm a little so. OCD like that. Like yeah, even yeah. when I've got my um, cruise control on in my car, it has to be set at a, a speed with an, like even, an number. even number. <laughs> I, really, I didn't even realise I was like that, but, yep, I'm like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And someone's telling me, this, you know, it's a uh, neurology it runs into eight or something like that, and they're like, oh, it's a really good good vibes going on. And I, I think a lot of people we've spoken to and a lot of our listeners, you know, who've been touching base is uh, they're like, yeah, let's let's do better. Like this is the year to, to kind of move into the flow because it's been a bit chaotic the last few years, hasn't it? I feel like um, – Last year, everyone was sort of just getting their head above water post-COVID. Yes. And I think that, um, I, I don't know, in my personal experience, I tried to pack too much into last year, like just, you know, traveling so much that um, it was actually just like too much. Um, yeah, you probably have to plan at Million Trees for all those uh, CO2 miles. But. And I was on a plane every, on average, every two weeks. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible stress load on your body. Yeah. 
physiologically yeah. from all that flying. It's amazing. No, you did so well. Um, but hey, listeners, thank you for, I guess, joining us on the ride again. This year is going to be another big year for us. Um, there's a lot of things in the pipeline, a lot of things we're doing, a lot of launches coming. And um, our commitment to you is to keep bringing really good information, really good conversations, um, interviewing really great people, people with yes. authority and experts in their in their scope and um, and hopefully helping you filter, you know, the, the BS uh, in the in the space of wellness and well-being and women's health because there is a lot out there and we, even we sit there going, oh, my gosh, how do people get past all these layers of, you know, rubbish before they get to the, the gems? Mm-hmm. And it's like mining. They have to, you know, dig down, dig down until they find treasure. And uh, our job is to try and filter that for you. You know, we're going to do the mining so we can bring out the gold and bring out, you know, the gemstones so that you, you don't have to because I think it's getting harder and harder and harder to, to find good information, good sourcing. Yeah, uh, so absolutely. I think our, year, our, our uh, efforts a few years ago, it seemed a lot easier than it does now. Now I feel like I spent a lot more time researching, reading, checking source, checking you know origin, mm. checking invested interests and things like that, which uh, didn't seem so prevalent before or maybe it just wasn't published so I didn't notice. Um, we have to be so much more discerning with mm. where we're getting our information from as mm. well, particularly I think health information. Yeah, um, yeah it's almost scary and you almost need to be able to completely decipher um, and have, you know, advanced degrees in statistics to be able to really assess the validity of a study as well. Um, Man, this is definitely not what we plan on talking about tonight, but I think it's really relevant as we sort of shift into, um, you know, just sitting down and having, it's just so nice to have a chat with you, Ash. And we were just, this is what happens when Ash and I get together when we're about to record podcasts is we'll, um, her and I will kind of catch up. We've been doing that for, oh yeah, like half an hour now. And um, then we'll start sort of shifting into what we're going to talk about on the episode. And she drops the most incredible gold. And I'm like, wait, stop. I'm going to record. I'm going to record right now. And I've got to try and like, you know, pull you back into that moment because it was so, so good. Because what we want to talk about tonight is one, just say welcome to 2024. We're so happy to have you here. Um, we're, you know, we just love you being on this ride with us. And we want to talk about what some of the health trends are that we're predicting for this year. So where is that shift in focus going so that you, one, are ahead of the curve, but can also understand what sort of information is going to be thrown at you this year. Um, And I reckon we just dive straight into what you were sort of talking about um, before, Ash, because um, that was uh, gold and that was, you know, essentially this big move into AI, right? Yeah, I I, I was, um, as, you know, bringing you into the fold of what we were talking about. I was just talking to Andrew and, and describing how the challenge is going to become greater and greater for us as health professionals and you as an audience, as a consumer, you know, as a, a person with curiosity and interest in your own well-being, which is why you're listening to us, to actually find information from valid source mm-hmm. because AI is now merging into something that I am honestly terrified about. I, I'm not sure how to put it in a place that doesn't make it sound like the end of the world because it's not what I'm thinking. It's more just simply saying that if you condense the beautiful minds of humanity and take out all the bits and then chunk it all together into these kind of pro forma spewed out chunks of information, mm-hmm. um, we we lose the individuality. We lose the beauty that comes from a myriad of uh, conversations and a myriad of thought patterns. And I, I think I'm probably concerned about that because I'm going to struggle now to look, say, for example, at an image or a photograph. Like I was looking at a little thing that was showing 
showing a bunch of photographs and basically like pick the AI. Zero chance. Mm, yeah. Absolutely zero that I could have any idea that any of them were AI generated. And um, that, that was you, terrifying. Did you see um, it was in the news uh, maybe before Christmas that one of the biggest social media influencers and models at the moment actually is not a real person. She doesn't exist. Aww. She's AI. And That's her creator was a male. Um, and I think um, – I look. I'm going to completely bastardize this story um, terribly, um, but um, Dean actually brought it to my attention because he was like, "This look at this woman. She is so like stunning. She looks like absolutely perfect, and she's a supermodel. And she's this like, um, she's one of the highest paid influencers." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's super hot." And he's like, "She doesn't exist. She's not even a real person. She's created by um, a man." Um, and there it is. It's not even not even a real person. Well, and so this is a beautiful example of, you know, we've spent, I, I believe we've spent the last five, at least five years with a big push towards authenticity. Mm. Have you noticed how, you know, individual expression, personal expression, vulnerability is all out in the space that was never there before when and people connection. just. connection. Authentic connection, real yeah. people. And, um, I mean, we can promise you as listeners who will only ever be us. <laughs> I have zero desire to engage in this, you know, new world because it's just not the kind of person I am. But yep. uh, None of our photos are photoshopped or edited no, or – No, what's and all. But in saying that, though, um, you know, so so the challenge you're going to have this year and here on in, in your entire life, which is just – I don't even want to say it, but that's just the reality of it, from here on in, yourself your child, your future children are going to have to deal with this, is how do we know what we read is real? How do we know what we see is real? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure we're going to. So I believe in people. So my wellness trend, you know, pick for this year is that real people are going to hold space for leadership. You know, we're going to have to anchor ourselves to real people more strongly than ever before because anyone else who pops up, we can't even be certain that they are real at all. Um, when we read an authored piece of, you know, literature who is, you know, Tom Smith, we don't even know if that person exists. Mm-hmm. So to see someone real might be the only way we can prove to ourselves that there is an existence. Um, so that's a bit of an interesting challenge. So this is why I think as well, live events, you know, people yeah. coming to live events and if I could encourage all of you listening, just one thing to do is to get off the computer, to get out of, you know, maybe online programs and things. I mean, it sounds funny because we also do, we're going to sort of kickstart a bit of our, our online reset again for those people who can't directly see us, but get out to live events, mm. start to have a look and see what's out there and, and get back into the world and, and get back in touch with real people, real voices, people who are actually speaking in the moment with you rather than something recorded, you know, 20 hours ago that you're doing a playback for Mm -hmm. Um, and that may sound inconvenient but we start to invest and pay for things that are real hopefully that will drive down the the volume of people sourcing you know AI generated material and I know that sounds a bit idealistic but I believe I believe in it I believe in people I always have so um, that's one of my wellness trends that I think this year should be is is it's back to connection Um, and in doing so as well making space again for people and community I think COVID 
forced us all into little bubbles in our homes, you know, isolated us in many different ways. Um, a lot of us got really comfortable with that and was so happy to stay in that zone. Um, and the ones who weren't obviously ran out there as soon as they could, but I'm one of those people. I'm just as happy on my own as I am in a group. So I'd be more inclined to be alone. But I think that if we take the opportunity now to say, okay, look, it's time to re-engage with the world. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to people. Let's get back to community. Because um, we, we interviewed, do you remember when we interviewed um, Bronnie Weir about the um, – Wishes of the Dying. Yes. You, and that was one of our very first ones. And I remember that thing of going, no one wishes to have more stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't wish for, you know, a bigger car, a bigger house, a fancier this, a fancier that. They wish for more connection. Yeah. More people and more time with people they care about. And I think that's just something we should all really embrace in this, you know, view for this year. Use your time well. Embrace it and connect with people and community that matters to you in whatever space and vision you have, in whatever you want to learn, in ever, you know, whoever you want to be around. Um, and be careful about how you pick those people. Because remember, we are the sum of the five closest people. So that can be both positive and negative. Um, so mm-hmm. if it's time to ditch any toxic influences, now's the time to do it. You know, time to shift away and find your tribe, find those people that resonate and vibe, you know, what you want in your life. Um, I can see why the best people around me have not changed for a decade. You know, you, JC, like Tamara, AG, my, my my closest circle, I have not changed because every one of you resonates at such a high level. You vibe, you live, you you pursue your your passion and your interests and your, your academic pursuits as well. And it's always inspiring. So I couldn't, you know, be anything but. <laughs> pushing forward. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Gosh, I don't know if I um, deserve those uh, that praise, no, but don't, thank you don't so much. Play that down. So yeah, so that's just my thoughts. What do you think's coming this year? Because I think it's a really lovely space to be like, what are we expecting? Mm. Um, I think the and I did a quick little um, post on social media a couple of days ago, just about what I think is going to be um, in the very topical in women's health this year, and I think very rightly so. Um, and I think the, there's going to be a continued focus on endometriosis, but, um, you know, and again, rightly so, because it is such a debilitating condition for women. We need to have a better understanding of it. There needs to be a better management, but I'm hoping that we do start to have this broader understanding that endometriosis does not require a surgical procedure for diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that the detection and diagnostic criteria and everything else can be shifted because I, you know, we already well and truly have the technology for that. We can do that via, you know, really good diagnostic ultrasound and symptom pictures alone. Um, and that we look at the bigger picture of how we holistically support women with endometriosis. And some mm-hmm. of the things that you talked about just then is so relevant because that connection is critical for I think all women who have endo um, because we have to have ways to regulate our nervous system to help to naturally regulate and improve our hormonal balance and of course for women one of those is to improve our progesterone levels is to have those beautiful meaningful connections with our girlfriends and that has been shown to raise serum progesterone and bring down our cortisol so you know just those sorts of things and having better um, more balanced strategies for dealing with that chronic pelvic pain and everything else that goes with it Um, and I think that you know, it would be a great podcast topic that we'll cover sort of um, at another time. Um, so I definitely think that the highlight, the spotlight, um, the research and the money and everything else that goes into endometriosis is definitely going to continue to um, escalate this year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's going to be more emphasis on perimenopause um, mm. because over the last couple of years, there's this shift to the acknowledgement of it being an actual, um, very distinctly different um, time in a woman's life in terms of her hormonal function. It's now um, being recognized medically as well. Um, and I think that um, women are now starting to understand that it can either be really easy, smooth sailing, nice journey, or it can be torturous and Mm. it does not have to be that way. So I think that there'll be lots of emphasis on perimenopause as well. Um, And then the other um, thing that I'm just seeing so much of is PMDD or premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, I think because of the stress and pressure and everything that's put on women right now, um, they're really feeling significant shifts in their moods premenstrually to the point where it is now interfering with their relationships, their jobs, their careers, their activities of daily living and everything else to this point where it's now a diagnosable, very serious condition. Um, Mm. And the medical management and treatment of it, I think, is absolutely horrific. Um, I don't think putting women on SSRIs for something that is hormonally driven and um, is – I don't think that's good enough. Um, And I also wonder – well, that's not root cause approach, though, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also wonder the involvement of previous um, influences of hormonal contraceptives and everything and whether or not that increases the risk later on for these sorts of things. So I'll definitely look into that more. So watch this space. But um, I think with the rates of diagnosis of things like ADHD for women at the moment, the medical intervention for that, I think that's also increasing all sorts of other things. Um, and I think one of those things that we're seeing is PMDD. Yeah, I think you know, in, in that fertility space as well, you're going to keep seeing, you know, increasing conversations and targeted probably marketing and information to the under 30s about infertility. Exactly. Um, you know, scaring women to death that if they don't freeze their eggs, store their eggs, do something with their eggs now, that they will, you know, not be able to have kids. And I've seen a few cheeky little puns at that from different IVF clinics. I'm like, wow, mm. we're targeting sub 30s now. This is not a this is not a kind of 30 plus maturity targeted message here. This is using influencers and using sort of really young oh. appearance people to make it look as though you know, no one's going to be able to conceive. So um, I think we'll see that, which is going to be interesting to have to offset the fear uh, generation around that um, because you've got to counterbalance that with, you know, realistic lifestyle um, medicine, you know, yeah. as, you, as you practice. Um, the other thing that I think, you know, having – I think we'll continue to see focus on – Oh, look, along the lines of intermittent fasting, but a real focus on that blood sugar balance, you know, this insulin resistance, because it's coming into play in so many chronic diseases um, and also reproductive challenges that I think we'll see a consistent and continued approach to um, insulin resistance or or blood sugar balance. Like there's going to be that continued conversation, the expansion of that conversation Mm. um, and possibly an evolution, you know, moving away from this idea of drastic restrictive diets um, and really looking at a a lifestyle, um, Mm. which is going to be interesting 
interesting challenge given that more and more products are jumping on the market to try and uh, get people hooked on different uh, drinks and foods and all sorts of stuff. But mm. I think people are some somewhat getting smart. I, I feel like there's a lot of women are starting to realise that, you know, nothing magic comes out of a bottle or there's no magic mm. pill to fix years of poor patterns. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the focus on that blood sugar will be um, a good one, a beneficial one, because that's one area where we can make dramatic change in, in health. Um, from yes. everything from reduced inflammation, you know, down to fertility, to, to chronic disease, to diabetes management, to reducing the risk of diabetes, like all of it. So I hope that that's a, I hope that's a positive trend. I hope that's one of those ones where you go, yes, you know, shout that one loud and clear because that is absolutely on track with what we agree with and believe in. Um, I, yeah, I agree, Ash. I hope it is as well. And I hope it's not driven by the products. Um, <laughs> And the Ozempics and the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, the pharmaceuticals that are being so um, strongly um, – they're just so popularised now. Um, Almost so, normalised. Uh, far too normalised. And, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. I um, we've been back in practice for uh, – what are we now? Like, you know, 10 days or so um, this year already and I'm chatting to each of my patients about, okay, what are we what are we achieving with your health goals this year? What are we yeah, – What's the vision? Are, you know, yeah, exactly. Like um, what are all the possibilities? And I do have a few patients who have been on a Zempic and one of their goals this year is to come off it and I think that that's awesome and to come right. off things like metformin and everything else it's like this yep. is the line in the sand and yeah. it's for so many reasons and i love that so you know we're putting strategies in place for that which is excellent um but i just think that that's so interesting and i'm hoping that that becomes a trend as well um nice. you know making uh changes and choices to improve their health so that it's less reliance on pharmaceuticals Mm. I've, I think that that's something as well that p- if people do want to go back to, you know, natural rhythms, natural cycles, I feel like my year I'm going to sort of talk more to my clients and to, you know, our audience about things like sleep, you know, yeah. sleep being an indicator of are we getting restorative sleep? What does that look like? What does that tell us about our nervous system? And I think there'll be a lot more conversation. We've You know, last year we saw um, a big shift in conversation around the nervous system, a lots and lots of focus on the vagus nerve. Yes. Um, but the vagus nerve is one part of the nervous system and I think we'll start to see more concept of this beautiful thing that we work with in chiropractic and that's that you know that the holistic Mm -hmm. nature of the nervous system and its impact on the whole body the whole system the circadia all of it like how our disconnect from natural cycles is hugely affecting the quality of our health and well-being Um, and so for me as a practitioner I just love working that zone like you do where to us it's a no-brainer but for a lot of people it's just not they don't know much about it and I, I hope as you know you guys listening that you'll you know be curious and be interested in you know what's my nervous system trying to tell me and how do we assess that now for women obviously menstrual cycles tells a lot about stress and, yes. and you know hormone balance but what are the clues about how our nervous system is responding how do we know when we're we're um overtired overwired how do we know when we're pushing our system beyond its coping capacity and we're starting to work into that um negative adaptive space which is called distress mm. um so i hope this year we have like, more conversations about the nervous system you know not just from a you know faddish thing of which little device can you stick on the side of your collarbone to you know stimulate your vagus nerve but more about what lifestyle do i need to honor that keeps me in the best space i can be how do i harness and nurture my nervous system to achieve 
the greatest capacity I've got. And for me, that's my kind of my focus is if I start talking more about sleep and sleep being a great indicator of neurological function, right? It's a huge indicator of nervous system stress or dysfunction. Mm. I feel like we'll start to pick up on a lot more cues about people's lifestyles because you you can ask someone about, oh, do they feel stressed? And they'll say, no, I'm pretty good. But because someone works at like a sustained chronic level of stress, I feel like the whole world is chronically stressed. I feel like people Mm. tell me they're not stressed, but you check their nervous system and you're like, um, you're peaking out here. Like, They've just and you just said your, your stress is too. like three out of ten, but your physiology is saying that you're like an eight. So yeah. that disconnect, and like you said, recalibrated. We don't actually know what stress in the system looks like because we are living in it for so long now. Yeah. We've started to accept, you know, um, troubles going to sleep, staying asleep as a normal thing. And yet that's a great indicator of a dysfunctional nervous system. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> no, I love it. That's perfect. And Ash, I think that with um, focus on some of those biorhythms and mm-hmm. um, tracking those sorts of things, I think we're going to see an increase in um, bio, like, um, oh, what do we call it? Like biotech, you know? Mm-hmm. So obviously we've got like the aura rings and the Apple watches and the whoops and all of that sort of stuff. I think there's going to be a continuation of those sorts of things that could possibly again, transition back into what we started talking about before. And that is the AI and possibly even, um, things that are more integrated into our actual physiology, which I don't really know if I like at all. The, I, I draw the line at my aura ring and that that is it, um, but mostly because I can also turn it off so it's not emitting EMF overnight. I'm not mm. getting phone calls on it or text messages or anything like that, yeah, yeah, um, which is important to me. But I do think we're going to see an advancement in that technology as well, which I think um, is great. And I think it's really good to understand um, those things and to track you know, things in a nice, easy way. And I know for me, um, checking, you know, my O-ring stats helps me to see like my, for example, my heart rate variability, how am I recovering? Am I pushing myself too much? Am I too stressed? Blah, blah, blah. And I use that feedback, um, but it's also not the be all and end all. It is fantastic feedback. So I I would suggest if you're listening, if you've never had, you know, some sort of um, health data set, if you don't have something, a wearable or, you know, electronic sort of health record of some sort, it is a really, really valuable tool. Um, I use mine routinely for information about how resilient I am. So Mm. just to give you like a prime example of this, on the weekend I did a fun run and it was 5Ks. That's such an oxymoron for me, Asha fun run, sorry. But that's just (laughs) – I I had to be dragged into it. It's not my it's not my idea. I always joke, and this exact joke I always make is like, run and fun don't go in the same sentence as me. But <laughs> I gave it a crack because I was like, I just was committed to someone who had someone else pull out. I'm like, okay, 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 I'll, you know, I'll do it, um, which was great. And I, I mentally and felt really positive and thought, oh, why not? This will be great. Yeah. But I got into it, and um, right away I recognised that my my heart rate. Um, sort of base point was slightly higher. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's just a bit nervous. Should I really be nervous about this? But maybe not. I wasn't sure how to read that one. And then as I started running, like I was getting an average heart rate over 150, which is at the pace that I was and the intensity I was going is not the heart rate I would expect. Mm-hmm. And I had a peak of 198, <gasps> which is way, way above my, you know, what I would expect to maximum heart rate in any effort situation to be yeah, in that. Yeah, because you are fit. 
Well, fit-ish. Um, nah, you are my, fit. Uh, not my peak fitness now, but I know my data. So yeah. it gave me a great clue anyway. So, you know, that, that little bit of conflict going, mm, something's up. And so it was a really good check-in, like something is not right here. Finished my thing. I needed like 80-something hours recovery, which is unheard of. Like I've done world championship races and don't need that much recovery. So I was like, okay, and it was a great one. Anyway, within 24 hours, I was run down or sick. You know, it was like that early viral load starting to show up and I was pushing my body and it couldn't sustain fight of the, the, you know, infection coupled with the exertion. So – it does matter. It does make a difference. And then I use that data to say, well, I'm not jumping into any exercise now for at least four or five days. Mm. You know, I have to honor my body. But I would have said two days later, I felt good enough to probably go for a training session. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, but, but I would have thought that, but my data didn't say so. Yeah. So this is why wearables can be so valuable. And I've seen it used really, really well with people post COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, once they've, you know, passed their peak infection, actually recognise it that maybe their base heart rate's a little higher than it has been normally. The walk around the block mm-hmm. elevates the heart rate a little bit too quickly. So yeah. looking at how to protect your body from ex- like excessive stress or additional stress while you're healing is a really, really valuable tool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, HRV, we talk about a lot, these heart rate variability. It's powerful to have great variability in your heart rate. It means you're more adaptive to stress of life. If you've got this low range heart rate or, you know, a very static range heart rate, flatline, um, people think, oh, look, I'm, I'm always the same. I'm like, that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, we have to be adaptive. So I do think we'll have more focus on things like HIV. I would, I would like to think there's more focus um, because I think that it does give us really good insight into how our base levels are. So for those people who resist wearables, um, I, I get it. I, I hear it, but I'm not sure with the technology we have now that there's any kind of really good reason not to. Mm. Um, I, I was a late adopter. That's absolutely guaranteed. <laughs> you know, oh, I me too. <laughs> totally not into it. But once yeah. I started to see the way to use it positively, um, it was, yeah, really, really valuable. The thing I don't use is sleep things because I don't wear it at night, but I also don't want to know whether I'm getting enough oh, sleep or yes. you know when people start for it. I've got clients who come in and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I only had two hours sleep last. I'm like, two hours sleep? Oh, yeah, my watch. You know, I was like, yeah, but how long were you in bed for and they're like oh seven hours I'm like um and now I'm stressing out I'm freaking out I'm like, okay well maybe don't worry about that and just rest and just sleep and <laughs> I know and how do you the feel stress is creating more stress about the sleep and I'm like okay oh, that's counterproductive so let's not worry about that one <laughs> yeah I I totally agree uh, anyway that's just some I think there's some good uh, directions for everyone um just to give an idea of you know what to think about this year how to consider your health um for me the short sum is there will never be a deviation away from universal truths yeah and what I mean by that is human beings need clean air mm-hmm. we need clean purified water we need clean protein and nutrients from plants. Mm-hmm. We need sleep in circadia with day-night cycles. Um, we need community and connection, mm-hmm. that love space, that heart space, that, you know, heart resonance. Um, and I, I believe we need purpose, service and stimulation. So I, for me personally, they're universal truths and I, I won't argue um, about that because it's just like, well, look, without those things we can't be vital. We can't yeah. be at our best as a human being and everything else is, um, you know, additional as a bonus points. So sometimes it's really about slowing down and stripping back to basics. So my year this year is simplicity. My word for the year, I should say, this year is simplicity. Um, should I share that one, how I get to that? No. 
Oh, okay. So every year, and this has been for at least a decade, um, uh, no, before I moved back, so maybe probably 13 years I've done this and I used to be as an A-type, you know, high achieving personality type, I'd be seeing like full on goals with, you know, smart goals, like specific and measurable and like all of this really um, intense detailed goal setting um, at the beginning of every year. Mm -hmm. And I I would take days and days and days on this stuff and and pack it out and be pages full of stuff. And, um, most years I felt really accomplished. You know, I'd tick a lot of boxes and, you know, make my mark the way I thought I would. And then some years I felt like an absolute failure because I just didn't get through my, yeah. my goals well enough. And I realized how um, detrimental it was to my my mental well-being. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I'd never measure up. I'd never reach what I wanted to do. wasn't getting where I wanted to be. Um, and I kind of committed to myself like, that's enough. I'm not going to measure the, myself against those goals anymore. Mm. And I remember reading about someone who instead of setting goals, they set um, an intention, a word. So they'd go through their values, think about what they'd want for their life for that year in their life, you know, what their focus was, what their their vision and values were related to, and kind of try and find a common theme to Mm. the goals and desires they had. And then basically brainstorm words and then find a word that really connected to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And this word is designed to act like your North Star. It's the unshakable, unwavering. It's always there. It doesn't matter which direction you're coming from. You'll still be able to be, you know, seeing it and be guided by it. And you use that word, that North Star word um, or that power word or the focus word, whatever you want to call it, as a and a way to say, ask yourself the question, is this choice I'm about to make keeping with my focus, my vision for my word? So my word this year is simplicity. So when I do things, I'm checking in. So rather than goals, it's like, okay, I'm about to do this, this and this. Does that keep in line with my vision for simplicity? If not, break it down, make it simple. If it does, fantastic, on the right track. And if it's really way off course, dump it or delegate it. It's just something that's no longer that valuable to me. So, um, yeah, so I use use the words. So last year was connection and I felt really powerful, potent connection in all the things I was doing. It helped me stay focused on where I was going to build that connection, what I was going to do, who I was going to talk to, um, where I invested my time and energy and who I invested that with. And, you know, I, I'd say the return on investment was exponential. I felt really great connection with myself, you know, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically, physically, emotionally, like that internal dialogue and also then with others. So, um, yeah, so steer your ship with a word. If that sounds mm. like something that makes sense to you, then I would suggest sitting down, brainstorming and come up with an idea of a word that drives you, that has meaning to you. Um, don't take someone else's word. <laughs> you know, it's always like feel the word for yourself um, and see if that can help you align with your your goal or your vision for the year. Oh, Ash, I love that. That's beautiful. And um I can see how that would be serving you so much better. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm going to take a, a page out of your book, and I'm going to sit down and ponder what I want that to be for myself as well. Um, so thank it's you for that. Different. It can be a personal mm. word and a business word. You know, like if you've got different facets ah, of your life, yeah, I think that there's point. great value in having two words because your business vision may be a little different to your personal vision. Um, so for some people, I, I would suggest doing a, a business vision and a personal vision and using two words to um, separate as well. Mm. You're, you're like compartmentalize. 
size bocks your life out because if everything just overlaps, sometimes that, you know, is too many things in one basket. So it's actually great to separate them out and say, well, for business, this is my my vision. But for me personally, this is my vision and that's what I want for this year. So um, they're not mutually exclusive. I think they can overlap really beautifully. Excellent. I love that. Um, all right. So, guys, we hope that, um, you know, some of that makes sense for the health trends for the year. We might reflect at the end of the year and see how bang on we were about these things. But mm-hmm. we're wishing you all, you know, the most amazing 2024. Hopefully we'll get to see and meet so many of you um, and, you know, maybe some of our pracky listeners at live events and those sorts of things as well. Um, guys, you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.